0: Hello and welcome to the Life Center podcast. We're a church in Tacoma, Washington that exists to inspire our community to love and follow Jesus. To find out more about what's going on at all of our campuses, you can download the Life Center app, interact with us on social media, or visit LifeCenter.com. Let's jump into this week's message. Thanks for listening.
1: Uh, It's going to be a great Christmas here at Life Center, I hope that you'll join with us over the coming weeks as we kick off a brand new series today entitled "Good News, Great Joy." In fact, would you say those four words with me? "Good news, great joy." Good news, great joy. Uh, I realize this time of year, particularly those of us who maybe uh, we're in the rhythm of going to the church somewhat consistently. My assumption is, as you were driving here today, you were probably not thinking, hmm, I wonder what Tyler's going to preach about. We know it's Christmas. And really that story, there's a danger with it because of it being familiar at times, we can disengage or disconnect from the significance of what God wants to speak in a fresh way to us. And so I'm going to ask over the next number of moments that you lean in, because I really believe that God wants to speak to our hearts and our lives today as we jump in and talk about this dynamic of good news and great joy. Over the coming weeks, we're going to be journeying through the the chapter, the book of Luke chapter 2. If you have your Bibles, jump in with me right now. We're going to go straight into scripture. It says this, Luke chapter 2, starting in verse 8. In the same region, speaking of Bethlehem, shepherds were staying out in the fields and keeping watch at night over their flock. Then an angel of the Lord stood before them and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, don't be afraid. For look, I proclaim to you good news of great joy that will be for all The people, the message that the angel brings that night to a group of shepherds on the outskirts of Bethlehem, which is just outside of the region of Jerusalem, was this simple message, I have some good news that's going to bring great joy for all people. Now, how many of us believe we could use some more good news and great joy in our world? You know, as I look at it, as I think about the dynamic of our lives, our world, it's been inundated, not by good news and great joy, I think it's been inundated by bad news and great hopelessness. And listen, to be honest, at at this point, it doesn't even need to be great joy, just a little joy would do, wouldn't it? Wouldn't that be nice? And yet, this is what's so amazing about Christmas, it's this declaration, good news, great joy. Good news, great joy. You see, Christmas, especially for the follower of Jesus, is, it's all about the arrival of our Messiah, the Chosen One, Jesus, the King of the universe, the Savior of the world. And where we have to be careful is that it doesn't just stay locked up as a historic story that we visit once a year on our annual schedule. It's more than just a historical story. Christmas is more than just a cultural tradition. I get it. There's there's certain times in the year where people, they have this awakening. You know what? I should go to church. You know those two biggest seasons? What are they? It's, It's Christmas and it's Easter. That's why we call these friends Christers. And if you're a Christer, man, I'm so glad that you are here. You're in the right spot. But Christmas is more than just a cultural tradition. Christmas is more than just a clever marketing idea for companies and retailers to make a lot of money. Christmas is more than Hallmark making 100 movies with the exact same plot line. Yeah, right. Ask me how I know. Tyler, how do you know? You seem kind of passionate about this. I was in quarantine with a wife and a daughter. The countdown to Christmas. There's no mystery. I wonder what's going to happen in this one. Spoiler alert, there's going to be a dude and a girl, and it looks like it's going to fall apart, but fear not, friends, (laughs) because at the right time, they are going to kiss, and snow from heaven is going to begin to descend upon that magical kiss. You're welcome. I just saved you hours of your life. Man, Tyler seems kind of passionate about that. <laughs> Why don't we just close now in prayer, okay? Um, that, that's not what Christmas is only about. Christmas, it's, it's more than just what we often make it to be. Well, if that's true, then, then what is Christmas really all about? Christmas is good news. Christmas is... Is great joy. And it ties back to this announcement that the angels make to a group of people who by their peers and in their culture and society saw them as outsiders. You see, it's good news and it's great joy. And this week I want to lean into how it's good news and great joy for those who feel left out. And Today, maybe that's where you're at. Have you ever been there? Are, Are you there now feeling a little bit left out, feeling a little bit overlooked, feeling a little bit undervalued or even unseen? See, the fact that this message first comes to a group of shepherds is good news for us. But it's not just for those who maybe we look at our lives and go, you know what, I don't feel left out. I'm feeling pretty good. Well, the reality is you probably know somebody or you're going to encounter some people, maybe it's a family member, a friend, a coworker, a friend at school, and they feel like they're on the outside looking in. Guess what? We get to be carriers of this good news to the world around us. See, many people are familiar with what it's like to journey through life experiencing like they are on the outside looking in, looked over, left behind, left out. You see, today, if that's where you're at, I have some good news and great joy for you. But also, today, we are equipped as followers of Jesus to carry that good news to those who find themselves in that condition. That's why this matters. Continue with me in Luke chapter 2. The angel said, I have Good news of great joy that will be for all people. Look at verse 11, and here's the good news that is being proclaimed today. Today, in the city of David, which is Bethlehem, a Savior, can you say Savior? Savior. This is huge. This is huge. The angels did not say, I got some good news. There's a great moral teacher who has arrived on planet Earth. And he's got some TED Talk quality stuff. Just wait, just wait. No, it's it's a Savior. A Savior has been born. and, And here's what that means as humanity. Maybe our greatest need isn't just comfort. Maybe my greatest need isn't just peace. Maybe my greatest need is salvation. Because a Savior implies that there's something to be saved From and also saved for. A savior has been born. It goes on, who is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be the sign to you. You will find the baby wrapped tightly in cloth. Now listen to this. And lying in a manger. I want you to think about God now in the flesh, coming to the world in which he's created in his landing spot of choice is not a palace decked out with marble. It's a feeding trough for an animal. You see, even in where Jesus takes his first few breaths, there's a message for us today because Jesus chose to identify with the lowly, the meek, Those who society will look past or look over, but God says, No, I see you. In fact, I will come as one of you. It's powerful. It's powerful. Suddenly, there was a multitude of the heavenly hosts with the angel praising God, saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to people he favors. When the angels had left them and returned to heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go straight to Bethlehem and see what has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. See, here's what's so cool. The the very group, because of their occupation, they were unclean. They couldn't go to the temple like other Jews. They they were looked down upon with suspicion because they were the ones always out in the field, kind of always by themselves, always in isolation. And yet that same group is the one who now is stirred with expectation, saying, let's go check this out because God spoke this truth to us. Maybe, just maybe. Maybe. We're not outsiders. Then they hurried off and found both Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. And after seeing them, they reported the message they were told about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at the shepherds and what they had said to them. But Mary was treasuring up all these things in her heart and meditating on them. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had seen And heard, which were just as they had been told. I want you to imagine a world that you live in, a world which you reside in, where culture and society around you are always saying, nope, don't want you around, not good enough. And then God, in his grace, shows up and gives you a message that nobody else receives. Good news. Great joy. You see, there, there was a sting and a stigma connected to the role of a shepherd, which is interesting when you consider the scope of both Old Testament and New Testament scriptures, because one of the things that God often does is refers to himself as a shepherd towards his people that he sees as a flock. In other words, he, he sees his people as sheep. Now, those of you who have maybe been around sheep, you realize they're not the smartest animals in the world. And God looks at us, his people, and says, you know what? You're my sheep. Even though you you can't necessarily nail it on the the perfection or the the life or the wisdom, guess what? You're mine. And what's what's beautiful about this is the very thing that culture and society wanted nothing to do with. God says, I'm going to be the first person to bring you this news. There was a stigma that the shepherds endured. In fact, a third century rabbi who was a Jewish teacher said this about shepherds. There is no more despised occupation in the world than of shepherds. From their own people, there's kind of this pushed aside, overlooked, and yet God says, nope, you are the very ones I want to receive this message first. See, the good news and the great joy that Christmas declares to us is simple, but it's profound. What is it? You are not left out. You're not left out. Why is this good news, great joy? Because we are not Left out. People maybe have written you off. Family members have, have looked past you or not even wanted to be around you. But guess what? God looks at you with passion and love. And the declaration of Christmas is simple. And it's good news. And it's great joy. And what is it? You are not left out. Yeah, that's right. You are not left out. But there's a few things that come along with this good news and great joy that we have to consider today. Number one is this, good news and great joy, it makes an invitation. Can you say invitation? An invitation. It makes an invitation. You see, there's this incredible truth that God welcomes. He, he invites us to experience life. That's only found in him. That's why the announcement that the angels make to the shepherds that a Savior is born is so significant. It's one thing to have knowledge of it. It's one thing to be aware of an invitation, but how many know it's radically different when you actually respond to an invitation? And here's what's crazy to me. The invitation of God is radically inclusive. Here's what I mean by that. Consider the words of John 3:16. Some of you you've watched a football game. You saw the sign in the end zone when they went to kick. Yes. It says this. For God loved the world in this way. What did he do? He gave his one and only son. How do we know that? We just read he was born into a manger. God in the flesh. The very solution for mankind's salvation is now sleeping in a feeding trough. What would motivate God to do that? Love. Yes. God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son so that what? Everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. Here's what's crazy. Listen, listen, this week... This week I did some research on that word everyone. Guess what it means? Everyone. everyone. Yeah, it does. Crazy, I know. But that is radically inclusive. It means that everybody, no, no matter where you've been, what you've done, all who call upon the name of the Lord can be saved. Oh, yeah, they can. Friends, good news and great joy, it, it begins with an invitation. Invitation. And yet, here's what we must be aware of. Sometimes society and religion, it sells us a counterfeit way to be included with God. What's the counterfeit? Well, the counterfeit goes a little bit like this. If if I'm good and I work really hard at being good, I can create a good enough record and then I can take my good record and show it to God and now all of a sudden, God owes me. Now, stated that way, some of us are going, Tyler, I've never met anybody who would say that. But I want you to think for a moment. What gives us the right to experience heaven? If you ask that question in our world, and maybe even in this room, or for those who are watching online, many of us would respond, well, I've lived a pretty good life. I've gone to church. I've done some community service. I'm not that bad and and here's the tension it's a counterfeit because we think because of our good activity somehow maybe if we work hard enough we can create a good record and we give that to God and all of a sudden God you owe me God you owe me forgiveness God you owe me heaven I deserve heaven I deserve blessing I don't know nobody here has ever had that type of conversation with God right God, all these years I've served you, and then this happens? You see, the the gospel states something radically different than the, the counterfeit. The gospel declares a radically different way that we are included by God. And what is it? It's through the invitation of Jesus. And here's the significance. Hear this. The the gospel is this, Jesus lives the perfect life and creates the perfect record. And now he provides that invitation for me to receive his perfect record by faith through grace. And it's not that God owes me, it's that now I live a life that joyfully responds and I joyfully owe him my life. In other words, he, he deserves my devotion. He deserves my surrender. He deserves my obedience. He deserves my sacrifice. Why? Because of what he's done for me. That's right, That's it. See, the invitation is there for each and every one of us. And, and here's what I love about Jesus, is the, the message of Jesus, it joyfully declares to each and every person, no matter if you're at home right now or you're in the room, hear me, it doesn't matter where you've been, who you are, or what you have done. Hear me clearly. You can be welcomed, loved, embraced fully right now because of what Jesus has accomplished for you. That's good news. That's good news. See, so often we, we wrestle there because we're like, well, Tyler, I, I want to experience the love of God, but, but I got I to gotta fix some stuff first. See, the subtle lie under that thought is somehow my record is going to make a difference and God will then owe me. Christmas is good news. Christmas is great joy. Why? Because it reminds us the invitation is for us all. I'm so thankful that that this message doesn't first come to the religious elite. I'm thankful that the angels didn't first pick the Pharisees to make this announcement to, but instead, God in his wisdom picked shepherds. Those who others looked at as outsiders, those who felt glanced over, those who because of their their occupation, they, they didn't quite belong. God says, no, you belong. The invitation. Can you say invitation? Invitation. But understand this, and, and I love how uh, Tim Keller says this, the gospel is an exclusive truth, but the most inclusive exclusive truth in the world. Let me say that one more time slowly. <laughs> the gospel is an exclusive truth. What do we mean by that? Well, Jesus says in John 14, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. Jesus does not say, you know what? All paths lead to me. You'll figure it out. No, he, he makes a incredibly exclusive statement. I am the way, not a way, not one of many ways. I am the way, the truth, the life. That's exclusive. But then there's an incredible inclusive nature to this exclusive dynamic. And what is that? All who call upon the Lord will be saved. Anyone who believes will not perish but have eternal life. And that word belief, by the way, is not just like believing that there was a historical Jesus. It's putting your weight and trust in the fact that his invitation calls you to receive life that only he provides. See, this is amazing good news. Why? Because nobody's left out from receiving this invitation. But along with the invitation, it leads us to this place where good news, great joy comes with an expectation. Can you say expectation? expectation. There's an expectation that comes along with this good news, great joy. And for those of us who are maybe on the journey, we're, we're searching, maybe we're even a little skeptical about this whole Jesus thing, I know what you potentially heard right there is there's an open invitation, but... It comes with some expectation. Let me make sure that you hear me clearly. There's an open invitation, and because of the nature of that invitation, there is a dynamic that comes with it that is expectation. Why? Because Jesus knows where life is meant to be lived. Expectation. It's not a but. It's a, it's a because. Because of the nature of the invitation, it comes with this beautiful expectation. You see, sometimes in our culture in which we live, we, we want Jesus, but we want our own definition of Jesus. Often that definition looks like this. I want Jesus who is all that grace stuff, but no truth. Reality is Jesus, he said it about himself. He is fully grace and fully truth. In other words, he's not 50-50. You never have to flip a coin and wonder, what Jesus am I gonna get today? Because here's the incredible thing about this good news. Jesus will show up in your life. He will show up at your doorstep and meet you with radical 100% grace. Yes, he will. And at the same time, he will show up with radical 100% truth. Some of us are like, I just want grace, Jesus. I don't want truth, Jesus. Have you ever considered the dynamic of that, though? Because if there is no absolute truth, if truth is just subjective, why do you need grace for anything? See, the the existence of grace is a reminder that there is a truth and we need grace and we need truth both to walk out the expectation that God has for us. Jesus, he, he says a lot of things in scripture that sometimes we ignore. There's certain things that Jesus says that I guarantee you are not scriptures you've memorized. Sometimes he says some things and there's, There's a weight of expectation that come with it. An example, he he makes this statement. Go and sin no more. Wow. Go and sin no more. Sounds like an expectation. How about this? Uh, Sell all that you have. By the way, all my years of pastoring, I've never walked into somebody's house and that verse was hanging on their, their wall. Wouldn't that be amazing? Like you walk in on the fridge, sell all you have and give it to the poor, then come follow me. There's just, there's certain things that Jesus says that we don't necessarily memorize or, or internalize. What, what about this one? Let the dead bury their dead. Can you imagine, for those of you who grew up in church and maybe you went to Sunday school, imagine your first day in Sunday school, the Sunday school teacher's like, all right, class, we're going to memorize a verse. Everybody say this with me. Let the dead bury the dead. All the kids are like, let the dead bury the dead. <laughs> it, it, feels, it feels weird, but, but here's, here's the point. The invitation is there. And because of the nature of the invitation, it brings with it an expectation. In fact, listen to Jesus' expectation in Luke chapter 9, starting in verse 23. It says this, if anyone, there's that idea again, inclusive, if, if anyone wants to follow after me, here's the next statement, let him deny himself, take up his cross daily, and follow me. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life because of me will... Save it and look at verse 25, for what does it benefit or profit someone if he gains the whole world and yet loses or forfeits himself? You see, if Jesus is just a good teacher, if if Jesus and the announcement that the angels make, guess what? This this motivational speaker was just born. Man, people are really going to like his teaching throughout the generations. You should go check him out. If Jesus is just a good teacher, I can simply receive the teaching that I like but reject the teaching that I don't. But if the declaration that the angels made was true, if he's king, lord, and savior of the world, then this gospel isn't just good advice that we can take or leave. No, if this is true, if he's really king, here's what it means. Then his words have authority, both in the invitation to come and receive life, but also in the expectation that he has that we will follow and obey. Notice the invitation precedes the expectation. It's not fulfilling the expectation that grants us access to the invitation. No, the invitation is what we receive freely. The expectation is what we live out joyfully in obedience to our king. See, we see this dynamic play out in another story in the New Testament where there's this young man, he's got great resources. We commonly refer to this story as the rich young ruler. He comes to Jesus and he says, hey, what what do I need to do to, to get this thing called life? He wanted to know what he needed to have in his record so that God would owe him. And what's amazing to me, the scripture says this, that Jesus looks at this individual and loves him. The invitation is there. But Jesus is also willing to let him walk away sad, which is exactly what happens. Why does he walk away sad? Not because there wasn't an invitation. It's because he was unwilling to engage in the expectation. This matters. Good news. Great joy. It reminds me, maybe you've had this experience I know I have with my children different times, where when they were young, they were were holding on to something that they thought was so very important. And I'm I'm trying to convince them, no, I need you to let go of that so I can give you something even better. And their response, what was it? No. No. Mine. Mine. They were afraid to let go of something lesser, even though I had something better because they thought they could control this. And I wonder how many times we have that interaction with God where where we are hanging on so tightly to something, and yet God has something better for us, but our response is, no, no, I I don't want to let go. See, here's the truth. The good news, the great joy is this. You haven't been left out, but you might need to leave some things behind. You might need to let go of some things. Why? Well, it brings us to our third and final thought today, and it's this. Good news, great joy, it helps us take hold of something better. Good news, great joy, it helps us take hold of something better. How could the arrival of a small baby now laying in a feeding trough, less than ideal circumstances for the God of the universe to start his earthly life in ministry, and yet that's exactly what he chooses. How, how could that picture be a picture of a better hope? Let's see the arrival of Jesus, it signified the end of a few things. The arrival of Jesus signified the end of the Jewish sacrificial system. Why? Because the true and better Passover lamb has just been born, and instead of being sacrificed over and over, he's going to provide sacrifice for humanity once and for all. The arrival of Jesus, it it signifies the end of us experiencing separation from God. I have good news for you. You don't have to spend one more day, one more hour, one more moment feeling like you are separated from God. Why? Because Jesus arrived. The Savior of the world has come. It's the end of shame. Shame so many people have convinced themselves that they have to spend the rest of their life head down sulking feeling shame but here's what I'm I'm so thankful about the arrival of Jesus and what it means the end to it means the end of shame why because it's no longer my record that earns me favor with god it's the record of jesus that's now applied to my life that's freedom that's good news that is great joy. Yes, it is. It's the announcement that there's an end to being a slave to sin. In other words, the thing that, that has held you bound and held you captive for years and years and years, guess what? In Christ, you are no longer a slave to sin. There's freedom that Jesus has for you. No longer do I deserve the wrath of God against sin. No, because of what Jesus has done for me, I now receive his life because Jesus took that wrath on himself when he went to the cross. Friends, this is why Christmas is good news. You see, it's good news in God, in his wisdom, that he brings this announcement to shepherds. So, if you've ever felt like an outsider, you ever felt not good enough, you ever felt overlooked or glanced over by society, family, friends, whatever, it's almost like God is screaming to humanity this simple truth I see you, you matter. Who you are is valuable to me, so much so that I want to make an invitation. And not only that, I have a life laid out for you where life is actually designed to be lived. It's it's this beautiful expectation that we live in response to this invitation that we've received. Friends, it's good news and great joy. And this sets up the framework of who Jesus will end up picking as his starting lineup. This is amazing because you look at the list in his crew. And there's some people who are a little bit obscure, a little bit undesirable, a little bit broken. And God says, that's exactly who I'm going to use to continue this message of hope to the world. And today, that's why we are going to celebrate communion together. So today, all across this room, if you didn't receive the communion elements on your way in, would you just lift a hand and our ushers will come and make sure you can partake with us For those who are watching at home, I want to encourage you, grab something that you have nearby that can represent the bread in the cup. Because here's the significance of this for us today. Communion is a divine declaration. What is the divine declaration? You are not left out. You're not left out. That's why, as we celebrate this together, it's so important for us to to go back and remember what Jesus has done for us because it's this this reminder that echoes in our hearts and in our souls. I'm not left out. That's good news. That's great joy. Today, we're going to prepare to receive communion together corporately. But before we do, here's what I want to ask. Maybe you're here today, maybe you're watching online. And you need to respond to the invitation of Jesus. It's one thing to be aware that there's an invitation out there. It's another thing to actually put your hope and trust into that invitation. See, if you, if you received an invitation and, and it welcomed you to do this thing, but you never RSVP'd, you never took any action, the awareness of the invitation does you no good. An invitation demands a response. Today, before we celebrate communion, here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna say a simple prayer. And if you're ready to say yes to the invitation of Jesus, you wanna know that you have a fresh start with God. You wanna know that your debt is paid, your sin is forgiven. You are a new creation in Christ Jesus. If that's your desire today, here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna say a simple prayer. I want you to pray these words with me. Would you join me? Say, Jesus, thank you for loving me. Thank you for your invitation. I put my trust in you. Forgive me of my sin. Make me a new creation. And help me to follow you every day of my life. It's in your name, Jesus, I pray. Amen. Amen. Today, I want to invite you to peel back that first layer for those who are here in person, for those who are at home, Hope you have something that can represent the body. The scripture says that the night that Jesus gathered with his disciples, he took bread and he broke it and he said, this is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Would you pray with me right now? Jesus, we thank you that you didn't just love us with words, you were willing to allow yourself to be sacrificed. You literally became our substitute. Jesus, I'm so thankful that you declared in the book of John that you are the bread of life. It's a reminder today that the only true lasting source for the hungers in our life, it's you. It's you. It's you. So Jesus, thank you for the work that you've done for us. We remember it today in your name. Let's go and partake together. Scriptures continue that after supper, Jesus took a cup, and he said that this cup, it, it was a new covenant. He was instituting a new covenant between God and mankind, which was confirmed in his blood. Jesus, thank you for allowing your blood to be poured out. Scripture reminds us that though our sins were once like scarlet, we've been washed clean and pure like fresh fallen snow. Lord, I thank you for your willingness to sacrifice for us. And it's through your work, it's not through our work, it's your work that now provides the access to say yes to this invitation and the joy to walk out the expectation that you have for us as your sons and daughters. Lord, we thank you for your blood that was shed for us. Let's go ahead and partake together.
0: Great! Can we say thank you to Pastor Tyler for that teaching today? Yeah, I hope that uh, I, I hope that this was meaningful for you. It's just such a sound presentation of the truth of the gospel. Uh, But but again, I said it before, man, I I hope that you allowed the Holy Spirit to do what only he can do uh, and poke and prod at you a little bit. Hey, uh, before we're sent out from this place, I just want to give you an opportunity to take a next step. This is our chance to put into action the things that the Holy Spirit has impressed upon us over the last 20 minutes or so. And so there's a slide that comes up on the screen here in a moment. You can scan that code. There's a card in front of you, a couple different ways online you can do this. You heard us mention earlier we still need some help giving away Christmas meals on the 18th. If you want to help us with that, go ahead and check the Christmas meal giveaway box. We'd love to have you do that. If you're here in person, you can swing by a table in the lobby. My friend Jess is out there. Can't miss her. Bright dress. She can get you some tickets to the train. You can get these online. Uh, But hey, today, if, if you prayed that prayer for the first time, We are so excited that you've taken that step today. We want to call you, want to chat with you a little bit about that decision you made. Got a gift we want to send to you. Just want to come alongside you now in this journey, doing life, following the way of Jesus. So go ahead and check that box, said I said yes, so that we can get in contact with you, all right? I'm going to invite you to stand to your feet here real quick. I want to pray a blessing over you as you're sent out on assignment from this gathering today. Jesus, thank you for who you are. God, thank you for my friends who are here today. Today Lord, thank you that you are for us, not against us. God thank you that today uh, there are some things you're calling us to leave behind so that we can take hold of something better. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would empower us to do just that this week. Lord, would you go before my friends this uh, this week, make a way for them, order their steps? God, I pray that they'd uh, stay healthy, that they'd be safe this holiday season. but above any of that, God, we pray that you would help us in a real way to know you and make you known. Lord, we love you. We celebrate your goodness to us in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks so much for being here today. We'll make it a great week.